Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Well, welcome back for another episode of the Coppercast with the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Etdog. How are you, mate? This beautiful Wednesday. Um, I'm the same as I was on Monday, mate. Ah, yeah, nice. Pretty good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear, mate. We, Which um, is still Friday, but anyway. Yeah, but for a long weekend, mate. So, I've we've lived in a <laughs> perpetual long weekend for the last <laughs> few months. Yeah, so, yeah. Fair point, but yeah, mate. It's, um... I'll tell you what, though. This is something that's it's um it's it's hard to think, right? February this year, we we're on a mate's bucks weekend in bloody Bendigo. Is that February? Was it January? February? I was, I, no, no I, I say that because I was actually the other day trying to work out exactly when that was because it yeah, feels yeah, like I, years I think, ago. I think it was Feb, right? Feb, you know, we're packed into a club, just people everywhere, all squished together, you know takes you 10 minutes to go get a drink. Oh, God, I hate and, that. Mate, it's... We're nowhere near getting back to what those times yet. Uh, who would have thought, you know, like, ago, who, who would have thought a month after that we'd be going into a lockdown. All those places would be shut down and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty weird. crazy. So, I was, the other day I was driving through um, uh, the Casey Central Shopping Centre, which is the shopping centre down here, car park, I'm, I'm sort of looking at everyone in masks. Like, you just, it was probably the first time I reckon where I noticed it. And I was a bit like, wow. Like, I never, like, you just never thought you'd see this. And you can honestly never, like, I don't think we'll probably ever see it again in our lifetime. Like we, we might, obviously, people still wear masks for pretty much ever now for that possibility. And, Let's hope that maybe um, if you have, okay, moving forward as they do in Asian countries, you know, if you do have a cold, or sorry, not even Asian, in what the Asians do in Australia, when they are a bit sick, they wear the mask to make sure they don't infect anybody else. Hopefully that might be something that comes out of this and helps people stay healthy, but we can't even stay home. So, Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, uh, it was, you know, not that long ago, most people would see an Asian person wearing a mask and think, what a bloody weirdo. Mm. And now it's part of our everyday life. And I It'll still be... haven't quite got used to it. I, I right. often get in the car and go, shit, I've got my mask. And See, I wear, get it. as you know, I wear the buff that's got the filter through it. So the full proper that you're allowed to wear. And it's almost like 
putting on putting on your jocks nowadays. Like before I leave the house, it's on. Like yesterday, I went out in the car. I actually didn't even get out the car, but I had it on just in case I did get out the car or someone walked up the window. You can at least do the right thing, and yeah, it, it's, it's almost like a it's just it's habit now. Your, your drip now. Yeah, me drip now. Yeah. Like we've mentioned many times, you can get your Cobra buffs from the store. And um, I'll how's tell you this, what, mate? All right. We've got a special deal going at the moment. If you is. order one now and you're within 25Ks of Cranny, I'll personally deliver it to you. How's that? That's a bloody good deal, mate. So I'll Jeez. personally deliver it to anyone who's within 25Ks of Cranberry. So. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I am. Um... Obviously, being within 25K, and now we can go see a few more people. Myself and the wife went down and walked around the lake with um, Faddis and Robin last last night recording this. And um, I'll tell you what, my golf's obviously opened back up, so Faddis is one happy man. And he'd, um, he'd gone, you know, he was, he'd sort of resorted back to wearing the mask because for work and didn't, done the right thing, didn't leave the house outside of work. So, when I was say I was coming down, do you want anything? He's like, oh, I don't really need a buff. I don't wear them anymore. Realised that shit golf's back, so he needs to wear the buffer. I'm going to guess while they're walking around the course. I'm going to guess when you swing in, you don't need to. But he put it on my. He sort of got over the buffs because they're all thick, and he he put on the buff. He's like, oh, mate, this is fantastic. Oh, this is so light. Oh, this is awesome. And he was raving about the buffs, mate. So you know, when when Fattis is raving about a bit of clothing. Yeah, that that we like, you know, it's good. Yeah, he's he's a hard man to please, that's for sure. When it comes to his apparel, he's very, very particular and set in his ways. So yeah, but um, I tell you, I tell you, he doesn't have a sense of humor. I doesn't have a sense of fashion. Was Joshy Herford when he was wearing that stupid cowboy hat? Yeah, well, (laughs) he's not known for his fashion sense. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. Uh, But. I'll tell you what, he'd fit right in over in Nashville. That's right, yeah, mate. That's it. I, uh... Um, oh, it, you re- it, I don't it, reckon he would. Town, mate, I'll tell you what. Joshy would be in his element in Nashville, all right? Because yeah. it is a party town. He's not a big fan of country music, though. So I that, reckon um, he could... Mate, country, it's known for its country music, right? But what it's... It's music, right? So it's not all country music over there. It's just a music city. It's It's, you know... The bars are full of great music, and mate, he'd, he'd put on his bloody tight jeans, his bloody cowboy hat, and he'd fit right in there. Like, yeah, no, I can't argue with that. Actually, when you when you put it that way, and he wouldn't look like an out of place dickhead for once. He'd fit he, right I in. He I, I still reckon he would. Nah, mate, it, I'm telling you, it'd just be like, oh, there's another bloke in a cowboy hat. They'd all be yeah, bloody. True. You know, rocking the cowboy hats and stuff like. True. When you're walking around cranny in a cowboy hat, you you look like a dickhead. But in Nashville, it's it's part of the attire. Yeah, okay, you you make a fair point there, actually. So, yeah, but mate, this was a good chat. I actually remember a fair bit of this, which is unusual. Normally, let's see, we're at the point now where we're sort of closer. Mate, we're not going to be far off being um at the point where we're literally recording a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah. So it won't be long to be dropping out of one episode a week because we don't have time to sit in front of a computer for 17 hours on a Saturday if we're actually allowed to leave the house. Yeah, that's fingers crossed. Well, but, we've, we've mentioned that many a times. We're like, hopefully we'll be leaving our house soon and it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So. That's what, there, there is every possibility at this point in time we may be allowed to go visit people. 
Exactly. So, but uh, it also may not be because he hasn't. He has not come out and said we're doing it Sunday, like everyone thinks we somehow are. But yeah, right, we're looking. We're on the upwards. Well, we're on the downward. We're on the home stretch. That's home all. stretch. We're, 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 the, you know, we can see the finish line. Yeah, we're in the distance. Yeah, and, we've uh, we've turned that corner and we're. You know, on that seventeen thousand on, on the Nullarbor, that that home stretch in the Nullarbor, yeah. <laughs> a long way to go. Well, like the marathon runner, that's like he's at the point where he just wants to give up, but he can in the distance see the crowd and he can see the finish line, and he's just got to push through the pain. That's us right now. I would have given up months ago, but a week, <laughs> you know, the marathon, forget about it. Yeah, but be, do the right thing, mate. But anyway, uh, we've got another recording to go to now. So Nashville Kangaroos, we're speaking to Tim. Tim. Um, uh, another great chat. Enjoy this one, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Enjoy. All right. So today we're joined by Tim from the Nashville Kangaroos. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Ah, yeah, pleasure, mate. Um, we're keen to learn about the Kangaroos in Nashville. But first of all, let's learn a little bit about yourself. So how did you come across Aussie Rules over there? That's a great question. Um, well, while I was in college, uh, weird story, my dad took a job assignment in Australia. So actually, my family moved over there to Adelaide. So we lived uh, down in Glenelg for about a calendar year before the, got the plug pulled on us and moved back to the States. But while there, hard to not get involved in the game. Um, Crow supporter, got involved with the Uni Adelaide boys and the soccer squad over there. And Went to about one training, I think, with one of the local clubs there and thought you guys were absolutely mental how hard you guys went at each other and figured that I should probably pump the brakes on that for now. Um, but yeah, so I came back stateside, finished up school, went into grad school, got a little out of shape and overweight and was looking around for some soccer leagues, actually in Indianapolis, Indiana at the time, and stumbled across the Indianapolis Giants USAFL team and what you've got to be kidding me how in the world in Indianapolis is there an AFL team so kind of sat on it for a few weeks but went out finally and got to meet up with the boys and now here I am about I think five six seasons in the rest is history. Yeah very nice so how long have you played for now and, and what position? Yep so all five six years since uh, since joining up with the boys in Indy I was there for about one or two seasons before moving back to Nashville here in Tennessee where I'm from. Uh, and I've been in the forward line, hovering around between full forward and center half forward, depending on who's taller. So this is this is the first episode we've actually moved these questions to the start. Normally we have these at the end. I said to Riff now, we need to find out about the people before we get into it. And I'm already mm-hmm. thankful we've moved them. We've got a, another full forward on the show, Rifty. As a full forward myself, I respect that. And I'm glad oh, yeah. this is going to be a great interview now. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Guaranteed. Well, Guaranteed. <laughs> So what number do you wear? Number 11. Number 11. Uh, mm-hmm. full, bit, bit of a bit of fattest in him, Rifty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our other full forward wears number 11. So Yeah, you better be I'm cool. sure it's just yeah. as good looking. Yeah. Uh, some could argue. <laughs> you, might, you need to grow a bit of a beard, but it'd be right. <laughs> so you say you were in um, South Australia. So do you follow one of the South Australian AFL teams? Yeah, I've gotten developed with the, cl- uh, the Crows there. Um, so it was kind of a, an interesting time to join footy. I mean, I had no idea just the deep-rooted connections, socioeconomic connections between Port and the Crows. It was just kind of the people I was around were all Crows fans. The first game I went to was a Crows game. So, um, yeah, 
it's uh, easy to follow them. They had a couple tragedies uh, since I left, so it's hard not to fall in love with the club when they kind of go through something like that. You see the players rally and, and push through. So, yeah. Despite what the season's been this year, <laughs> I'm still still sticking in with them. <laughs> That's good. So you said you're in Glenelg. Yeah, um, in Adelaide, the Sandful is a big, big competition. Did you get um, around the Glenelg footy club or go watch them play at all? Not as much as I should have. No, 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 no. Not at the time. I mean, I was still still learning uh, the, the love of footy and was kind of playing soccer a little bit more or football at the time. Um, but really, that's a, that would be a regret if I had one. So sort of what, what time frame, how, how long ago were you over in Adelaide? 2009, 2010. All right. So favourite player for the Crows then? Eddie Betts. Eddie the guy's Betts. just pure magic. I mean... The human highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, I, I, I wasn't going to assume, but I, I thought it was going to be Eddie Betts for that time frame. But, um, and I'm a Carlton supporter, so it's uh, it's good that he's been able to come back to Carlton. But he's not absolutely he's, hasn't quite been delivering the the highlights he was kicking over there in his his pocket in Adelaide. That's for sure. He's still got a few in him, I think. Um. All right, so let's find out about the club. So when were the uh, Nashville Kangaroos founded and, and why did they choose the Kangaroos? Absolutely. So the Nashville Kangaroos were founded in 1997, which as far as little Nashville, Tennessee history, was actually before the Tennessee Titans came to Nashville and before the Nashville Predators NHL team was started. So other than the university teams, we are really truly the Nashville sports team. Um, and one of our founders had an affiliation. Um, I believe he was from Melbourne, a North Melbourne supporter. And so that connection came back stateside with him. Uh, so, yeah, so we adopted the Kangaroos namesake as one of the original USAFL teams. Yeah, great. One thing I've noticed is that your colours and your jumper are a bit different to your normal uh, Kangaroos around the world. So, like, most clubs will follow just North Melbourne's jumper and their logo. Yours is a bit different. How did the club come up with the design of the logo and the jumper? Because I actually quite like it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we've kind of bounced back and forth throughout the years. Um, the club really took a, a little bit of a dip and lost all of its affiliate ties with North Melbourne. Um, right around now, I was joining the club. Um, we tried to rekindle some relations there to, to no avail. And so we kind of just said, well, we've got the name Kangaroos. We don't have a parent team, if you will. So we could really start from scratch and make what we want. So this, uh, the Nashville Kangaroo logo, you can see here, it's on all of our jerseys. That was developed with one of the players from a couple of decades ago, and it's kind of morphed and changed over time. We actually did a, a competition on one of the footy forums, and forgive me for not knowing which one, where he said, if we're looking for designs for a new jumper, here's what we want to incorporate. If you're the winner, then we will ship you a jersey when we get it get a mate and so had a couple of great design options and then ultimately what we call now the captain ameru <laughs> was the uh was the choice i think i got one here actually um our training jumper has it but yeah the uh the tri-star is on the state of tennessee flag um significance there for the state and then the color scheme just kind of matches the the colors in the state flag as well so we were able to have a little bit of individuality in the club once we lost affiliation with the parent team and kind of took it from there. Yeah, nice. Now, I've just been looking at it. Do you have a skyline on the front of your jumper? We do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the Nashville skyline. We've, 
we had a couple dramas with that. Somebody, I think, uh, in the design team tried to uh, run across the Cindy skyline as the Nashville skyline, <laughs> but I think we were able to pick that one out before, uh, before it's too late. But. I mentioned that because myself and Rifty, we've just done, well, in the recording this, we won't show you best jump in the world competition and we're massive fans of the skyline anytime we come across a jump with the skyline on it we're a big fan so uh, and it's, it's only because we're jealous that we can't put a skyline on our jumper <laughs> because you're trying to tell me you can't put Waverly garden skyline on it you know the, big, Mate, the, the, the what, a bloody car up on blocks <laughs> a freaking no, no, beat no, up the, sign the, the, the Waverly garden sign you can see from the freeway which i guess is beat up but <laughs> yeah that's yeah. no, it's not it's not picturesque whatsoever. Like we could we're we're too far out from the city to go with the you know, the Melbourne skyline from the bay or something like that. So yeah, it's but we love these skyline jumpers and we're very jealous. Thank I'm also I'm also someone that likes a bit of uh, the town or the history incorporated into a logo or a jumper, so that also helps. Um mm-hmm. so you said that the club was one of the founding Clubs in the USAFL. How did do you know how the club went in their first game and how many players they had when they started? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I asked around. No one seems to remember that far back. Um, some of the old guys are still not texting back. I think. Um, but yeah, the club just kind of as an overarching theme throughout the history started off with a really strong squad, a really big, you know, 30, 40, 50 person training squad. Um, we have a home field. Here in Nashville, that was uh, Elmington Park that used to be lined with two, 3,000 fans, a really nice grassroots following and supporting. Um, even when I first moved back to Nashville, one of my first jobs, there was a, a woman who was of Russian descent working in this company I was hired out to for a couple weeks. And absolutely randomly was just telling her what I was doing this weekend. Like, yeah, I played this sport. It's Australian football. We're going up to Louisville for a game. And she stopped me mid-sense. Nashville Kangaroos. Oh, yeah, I've been to a couple of their games before. So the club was really large and had a great grass following and um, was very successful. Um, and the couple iterations of competitions that they had before the USAFL kind of unified the competition system. Um, since then, we've kind of had a little bit of ups and downs. And when I first came back to Nashville and came to my first practice, I think we had about six guys that, con- that consistently came out, a lot of them from kind of the, the older older iteration of the club. And so we've been able to grow that back up now to about 30, 40 guys that we can call in for a game, probably about 20 to 30 of them will show up consistently at training. And we've also been able to develop a woman's squad in the last couple of years as well. So uh, still as a majority American team, we do find issues when we play some, particularly like the large city teams that have a good core midfield of Australians that come in and kind of just uh, outclass us in strategy and knowledge. But uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a team of guys that are grittier, that hustle more, hit harder, and, and really stick in it than we do. We, uh, we're really proud of that. Yeah, awesome. Um, so you mentioned you started a, a women's team. How did that all come about, and how did they go in their first year? Yeah, absolutely randomly again. Um, so we were having a practice, I think, on a Sunday afternoon, and there were just a couple women around playing uh, playing some soccer. So kick the football in their direction. And I uh, just got to talking to them a little bit and they're keen to come try it out and buy them to a couple of trainings. And so we had a, a couple of co-ed trainings that just became permanent. And so about five, six, seven really class women um, that really bought into the sport, really bought into the club and the idea of that. So uh, unable to field a full squad um, 
with no football knowledge at all, no football experience, they were able to go and use their athleticism and toughness to uh, join on with some of the other women's teams. Um, a couple of those women um, now are in contention for the U.S. women's national team for the International Cup Series. So hopefully we'll be able to see some of them on the field soon. But uh, yeah, very slow and just kind of organic and a little random at times, but just coming across to you can. That's fantastic. So one thing I realized was on the run sheet, but I need to ask anyway. So Nashville is the home of one of my favorite genres of music and country music. What's your theme song? Do you have a song that you sing that has a bit of country taste to it? You know, we originally did. It was an iteration of Rocky Top, um, which is the, the beloved fight, unofficial fight song for the University of Tennessee Volunteers. Um, but I think the lyrics to that on the napkin it was on got lost through time. And so we actually voted a couple of years ago to adopt a variation of the Melbourne Demons fight song because we thought it would be very easy for the boys to remember and have been able to sing it just a couple of times. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, lovely. So... Do you guys find it hard to get players? And how many players do you reckon you have currently have on your list? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it depends. I think really with what we're doing with the club, it's not just looking for the type of athlete, but really the type of person that buys into the club mentality. I mean, what you guys are familiar with in Australia, with that, that real club, team first, community first, is something that's pretty foreign. Most Americans, we play sports until we're – done with year 12 and we go to a university and that's it. And so um, it's hard to find athletes that are, you know, in their mid to late twenties, early thirties to come out to put their bodies on the line when they've got jobs and work. And it's really not a culturally accepted thing to show up with a torn ACL for no reason. Um, but we do find them. They are out there. They come find us. Um, it's a, it's a really easy game to fall in love with. If you're an American that's played soccer, basketball, American football, touch of rugby um but ultimately if you're just willing to give it a go and be a good person and, and buy into the club mentality and kind of give it your all we, we get around everybody pretty good so um so i said before i think we have about probably 30 to 40 guys we can call on for a given game about 20 30 of those guys consistently or more consistently showing up to practices um we train about twice during the week during the summers here so um attendance is really just a, a matter of who's able to make it, whose jobs allow them, where someone's commuting from. Um, but yeah, the guys that are really dedicated to find a way to make it. So whereabouts do you guys train? Yep, so we, uh, we bop around mostly in the urban core of Nashville. So Elmington Park, uh, Ted Rhodes Fields in the past a little bit, but Elmington Park has been our, our prim primary home ground. It's just west of the downtown area. Um, Great, spacious, beautiful field, kind of like the field of dreams for us when it gets to, uh, the sun gets to setting over there in the summertime. It definitely looks like a nice, uh, spacious area compared to where some people get to train around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very fortunate. Uh, we've had the support of the National Metro Parks that take good care of it. And um, they're still, after 20-something years, still trying to struggle with learning how to paint the oval appropriately, but we're, we're confident they're going to get there soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're very fortunate for that. And, you know, especially traveling around the country, we, we do know how special that is not to have a field full of bottle caps and rocks and dirt patches. So I think there's a, there's a picture on, um, Google maps here of the, the painting of the oval. Is that right? How's it uh, look? It's, it's a, an odd shape to it. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the wing is like just sort of straight. Yeah, it's got like this real straight wing, and then it, the the pockets sort of just really narrow off a bit. Uh, it mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like someone's tried to paint a soccer pitch, and then just like, oh, I'll just go off here. And <laughs> do you want to know what that that ground reminds me of, Rifty? If it's one of the okay, Cerberus. Yeah. Got the church, yeah. the churchy looking thing in the background. The oval, not exactly oval. Yeah, it's not a lot nicer grass and actually maintained a bit better than Cerberus. So for for Tim, who doesn't know what Cerberus is, it's a navy base. We we used to play against a navy team, and so we would have to go to the navy base and play them. And um, it was pretty much just an open paddock. There you go. Like you said beside a church, and that's sort of yeah. I don't think that's a church in the background, though, is it? It's no, just like it's a, a churchy looking thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a because a grammar school there behind our field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks a decent setup, and um, like that dog said, there's a, a lot of other places in the US aren't that lucky to have something that green and lush to play on. They're usually in the US, mate. There's clubs in Melbourne that don't have that. It's well, true. <laughs> Um, Especially in the rich areas, apparently. Well, what about the central regionals tournaments? Uh, how, how have you guys gone in those? It depends on the year. Um, over the last five years, our team has improved markedly. And the real special part about that has been it's with the same group of guys on the men's side. The women go and make an impact when they can. Um, Actually, every time they get to make an impact, they they always do with the teams that they latch onto and play with. But as far as the men are concerned, um, yeah, the same group of guys, mostly Americans, just one or two, three Australians in this club, um, just have grown and have, you know, gotten their, you know, what's kicked in and gotten up and just been dedicated to make their skills better, make their footy IQ better. So I think right now when it comes to centrals, we flirt right around between, you know, Division one, division two, it's uh, there's a pretty big gap in talent. We believe between some of the bigger clubs, um, maybe your, your Dallas's in the heyday for them. Austin is a perennial powerhouse. Uh, we match up pretty well with Houston and Columbus. So yeah, we're always right there flirting on that line between, are we going to get bumped up into a vision division and just go winless? Or are we going to have a chance to drop down a division and, give undefeated a chance so um and what about the the national tournament how have you gone in that well the nationals is a two-day format and um we always win saturday night i think we can put it that way so we've got some kind of bad juju some kind of curse on us that no matter what we do we just get spanked in the first day um and then uh which naturally leads to uh, consolation by the bar on Saturday night. And oddly enough, almost without fail, we show up on Sunday morning, barely are able to make it onto the field and somehow pull off the best game of the season. It is really extraordinary. And despite our best efforts to have that not happen every year, I think think it's just destiny at this time. Have you considered maybe hitting the bar heavy on Friday night as well now? You know, we actually have. It's just a really hard thing to commit to, especially put so much work into. Like, this is what we have to do. It's like, well, maybe this is the year we can break the curse. And then Saturday night, we're like, man, next year we're definitely hitting Friday night up first. But, <laughs> um, do you guys find it hard to get sponsors? 
A little bit, a little bit. Um, the sponsors that we have have been really great to us and very loyal. Um, a lot of them restaurants and pubs throughout the years. Uh, right now we have a, a great sponsor in Smokehouse on 6th, which is rebranded as Sunny's in the Germantown area. If anybody in Nashville is listening to this, go check it out. Um, so yeah, they do everything from, you know, what they can monetarily to sponsor us, covering cost of training jumpers, cost, the cost of, uh, of New Jersey's to be able to manufacture, to ultimately just giving us a space to be able to host a grand final party and after game get together. Um, but yeah, we've had some different donors throughout the year, but it, you know, I think a lot of the corporate donors, again, don't necessarily look at the American or look at as a footy club for what you all might see as a, as a gateway to community, as a gateway to family. Um, some people probably see us more like a traditional rugby club of just a bunch of adults looking to have an excuse to wear short shorts and get after it at the pub on Saturday night. But uh, the ones that have committed to us, I think uh, have done a really great job and hopefully we've been able to return it for them. But always on the hunt for new sponsors, always just following leads where you can and making it the best you can. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, in uh, 3rd of March, um, unfortunately, a tornado ripped through the uh, Nashville and Middle Tennessee, um, which is devastating itself. But you guys decided to do something to try and raise some money for the Middle Tennessee Emergency Response Fund mm-hmm. um, in the Nashville Strong T-shirt with 100% profits going towards that Middle Tennessee Emergency Response Fund. Um, how did you guys come up with that idea and do you know how much money you've raised so far? I don't have the monetary figure on the top of my head, but it was just really organic. I mean, it's it was just one of those that I think everybody in the club, um, everyone was affected. I think we had a couple of club members that were actually in buildings that the tornado affected. Luckily, everybody was okay. Um, it really, especially having it hit so close to downtown Nashville, for some reason had an even more eerie feel to it. But I think it's just ingrained in the fabric of Nashville as a whole to rally around each other. And our club is no exception to that. So ideas of what we could do to raise some funds, raise some awareness, do what we can. So that t-shirt drive was successful. Um, and a lot of the people went out into the community and just rolled up their sleeves and started doing the volunteer work that needed to get done. Um, you know, that came right off the heels of us doing a 2020 Australian fire relief drive as well. We sold t-shirts and, and did a, a pub crawl, raising some funds for that. So um, it's been really proud. I think that's probably the most proud thing we've done um, is the stuff that we do off the field for each other that goes unsung, but opportunities like that, it's just second nature to, to want to help in whatever way we can, however small or large that that be, it's just the right thing to do. It's uh great that you've been able to support the local community and stuff and we always find it awesome when clubs use their their club to to help raise funds or you know get involved in these things and one thing that's hard for us as Aussies to understand is the devastation of a tornado because we're not really exposed to them over here my mum was actually hit by a mini tornado a few years back at her house and that was devastating enough and that was only a baby compared to what you guys get over there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, awesome that you guys were able to help, help out and raise funds and have that club to lean on uh, through those tough times. Um, yeah, no, thank you. But the most important thing we like to find out about is the social side. And 
being as you, as that dog said, you are in Nashville, the home of country music. So, what what does the social events involve over in Nashville? And are you you know you all getting down to the Grand Ole Opry together or something like that? And something like that, yeah. So uh, we're very very fortunate to be in a, a city of partying that's blown up in the last couple of years. And um, yeah, from being down on Lower Broadway to the bars there is always a good time to hosting AFL Friday night footy watch events, really any excuse to get out and celebrate is something that we don't really need a second invite to. So um, our, our main events for the year really are, uh, we try to host a, an AFL grand final watch party every year and open that up to anybody who's traveling through and actually get quite a few Aussies that just happen to be traveling somewhere near us in the country and look up where they can watch the game and come out to, to do that. But as a club, we try to, to make it a weekly or at least uh, every other week kind of an event to find some reason to get everybody together and have a couple drinks, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure the night usually ends up somewhere near downtown, which we're very fortunate to have. So, Yeah, I'm a sh- it's a shame we didn't start doing this last year, Doug, because my old man was over in the States last year and he went to Nashville because he's a, a massive country music fan and and he would have loved to have a few drinks with the boys and, and watch some footy because it was the only thing he was missing out on while he was over in the States was getting to watch the footy. So mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, he loves country. Now, when I told my wife that we were doing Nashville, she normally just sits there and goes, I don't know who we're doing. And she's like, cool, whatever, doesn't really care. I told her she was doing Nashville. She goes, oh, can you find out if, if real life is like the TV show Nashville in Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I think I'd have to see the TV show Nashville first to uh, <laughs> give you an honest answer. But if it's great, then yes, it's exactly like that. But uh, <laughs> now, one yeah. thing I will say, my old man, what is it? Massive country music fan, like mm-hmm. still has all his CDs everywhere. Uh, when he was in Nashville, he, he went and did a tour of the Grand Old Opry. He didn't get to actually see anyone there, but mm-hmm. they ended up going to a couple little bars. And he said there was guys in these bars playing music. He goes, I, I'd buy their CD straight away. He goes, they were unbelievable. And they're just some unknown guy you've never heard of, in, you know, probably trying to make it. But he said the amount of uh, music that was getting played around the city was amazing. It is. We're very spoiled. Um, you know, everybody, uh, so many people come to the town that are all just extraordinarily talented, trying to chase the dream and, and luckily, we have an infrastructure of just so many. I mean, you mentioned Grand Ole Opry, Ryman Auditorium, Bluebird Cafe. Pretty much any bar downtown is going to have some form of live music, at least before the pandemic. And um, even now, some of them have been able to open back up and, and get the music going down there again. But it's, uh, it's something that I would encourage everybody that loves music to do, no matter what the genre, to come downtown. They, they do make it a lot of fun. They don't always play just country music. Um, and it's just anytime you go someplace to sit, you know, you never have to pay a cover charge. Just start having a couple of drinks and you can request pretty much any song and it'll be played in the best iteration you've probably ever heard. It's just extraordinary. But uh, yeah, it's a special place with a special vibe for sure. Yeah, nice. Is there any, any of your players got any musical talents at all? Or? God, no. You haven't, haven't That's why we play for recruit any. no 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 Uh, i'm sure there's probably that's the other thing too there's always uh, you're always surprised with people that you wouldn't that never talk about them being musicians but you'd probably be surprised to find out how good they can be but no i think it's pretty safe to say at least from from what i've seen at karaoke that uh 
we're safe from losing any players to a, a major headliner tour anytime soon. And you mentioned earlier the Tennessee Titans that mm-hmm. had a de- decent playoff run last year and with uh, Derek Henry just running all over the joint. Is that something you guys get around together as well as a club and, and you know, watch the Super Bowl and stuff like that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, Yeah, that was quite the run. Um, the Titans have been, you know, hopefully no one from the organization is listening to the poster mediocrity really the last couple of decades. And it was just a matter of time that brought in so much talent. That's really been on the cusp of blowing up, but uh, you know, the, the natural predators have been successful in the NHL and a place that they didn't think hockey would be able to be loved. And all it took was one playoff run for lower Broadway to be closed and businesses to not have people in the next day. Cause the city just goes bananas about a winning team really probably from a lack of football to cheer on. So the city was really ra- finally relieved. I think more shocked than anything to see the team advance so far and be so dominant. But uh, yeah, with the boys, and we had a lot of fun um, getting around on that. And fingers crossed it can happen again this year. So far, 2-0. and So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, they're doing all right. We're, we're, our two, two favorite days of the year is for us is probably the Aussie Rules Grand Final and the Super Bowl. It's, it's they're the two two key events on our calendar we always get the boys together and have a good time um so yeah as a club we enjoy getting all the guys together and watching that stuff and it's good to see that clubs all over the world are doing the same thing the fact that super bowls are monday morning here we still get 15 blokes at a at a house eating chicken wings and <laughs> all that type of stuff it just goes to show the dedication we have either that that ex- or we- especially yeah. when it's only a few weeks after guys have usually gone back to work after their Christmas breakup and stuff and their first day back, they go, all right, I need this date off, RDO, because... Uh... I've already put in for the day off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if the Titans make it to the Super Bowl, we'll make sure that we send you guys a bunch of uh, Nashville hot seasonings. So you guys can make some proper hot Nashville fried chicken to make that Super Bowl party that much better. I know somebody rifted that might like that on their wings. Yeah, we'll get... <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain up off yeah, air. We can't, we can't mention that. <laughs> um, all right, well, what do we got? I think it's time to throw Last some teammates. Event, all right. Oh, if you could go back in time and attend any sporting event in history, what would it be? Gosh, what a great question. Um, I'm a little bit of a homer here, so... I was uh, born into being a New England Patriots fan. And even though it's not that far back, I think being able to see that 28-3 to comeback would, uh, would be probably something pretty special. I've uh, been able to see the Patriots a couple times where they lose in pretty close fashion. So to be able to see the proper comeback, that's, uh, that's one for the ages. Yeah, I, I agree with him on that one. Definitely agree with him. Yeah. I might, be that was... Raiders, I might be in a Raiders cap, but I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> I, I, I just have a lot of hats that I like. But uh, no, I, I threw a sickie that day, and by half time, I was like, yep, should have went to work. And at the end of the day, I was like, yep, good decision, this one. Yeah, still we'll, on my DVR. We'll never leave it. We're all watching that at the one of our local uh, bars. And um, one of the boys who's not into Gridiron whatsoever, the only time he watches it is Super Bowl, just to come hang with the boys. And yeah, use it down twenty eight to three, and he goes, "Mate, I reckon they're going to come back. I'm going to put ten bucks on the Patriots." And we're like, "You're just throwing your money away, mate. There's no chance. Like nobody's ever come back from that far." And sure enough, the rest is history. 
and he still hasn't Touchdown. picked up NFL since. So. <laughs> Touchdown, Tommy Brady. Must be something Proper. in the Uggs, I guess. Um, all right, but now it's time to throw some teammates under the bus, I think. Um, so what do you got first, that dog? All right, so who at the uh, Kangaroos would you say is the class clown? That would have to be John Freeman. Uh, John Freeman is constantly messing with everybody else. Uh, I don't know how PG we have to keep language here, but um, it's hard to get the guy to even pay attention to practice. seems like he's always plotting just to mess with somebody else, getting in everybody, other boys' heads. And, yeah, he's pulled a couple good ones on his roommates over the years. But, yeah, it's, uh, he always keeps it on the fine line between too much and absolutely gut-busting. So. Uh, it's always a lot when someone has a name shown away like that. They don't need to think about it. <laughs> um, how about the party animal? Well, if all of the above is not a suitable answer. Um, so we have, I don't know if you guys do some of this too. We've got a fine master every year. Keeps down fines, transgressions on and off the field. And we've got uh, an individual uh, we call Mr. Brad Chambo Chamberlain that has won that award twice in a row with the majority of those fines coming exclusively at the bar. Just the guy has his own language when he gets into a, a couple beers and the antics are, are unrivaled. So, yeah. It's, it's good to hear we're not the only ones that have that. Yeah. Oh, we, have a, what, we have a couple guys that are very hard to understand once they get a few into them. Roddy, Roddy. And you wouldn't be the worst. Oh, I've seen Josh Herford after about eight or nine beers and some, or 10, 15 beers, and sometimes you're just like, what? Excuse me? Yeah. And it's good to also hear that we thought the fines thing was a pretty Aussie thing, and it's good to hear that clubs over there have got that going on as well. That's. I, a, I do want to know what are some of the things that you get fined for the yeah, kangaroos? Well, the great part about the fines is that they're all uh, club teammate nominated, so we don't have a, a predefined list. We do have a fine master, so you can nominate what you think should be finable, and he has the authority to grant it and call it a two, three, four, five dollar fine. So, with the exception of if you get engaged, you get married, that's ten dollars off the bat, big fine. Um, so, I think uh, at the awards night every year we do a top ten, and some of the good ones from the last couple of years were. We had a guy on the, on the team who was a newer player that just absolutely booted a clearance in the wrong direction twice in a game. Um, totally tried to deny it. We've had the vice president of our club last year go on a footy trip with us out of town who fell asleep and passed out in the lobby of the wrong hotel. That was a pretty good one. Um, the other ones, I don't know if they're appropriate for recording. But uh, if you could use your imagination, they're not too far behind uh, those style of antics. That's all right. We can't share any of our fines because yeah. none of them are really appropriate for recording. <laughs> except except for have, Falcons. We have to stand, mate. It's a, it's a gold coin if you get a Falcon at training or on a game day. Um, if, if you're, you're a ranger. If you're a ranger, you're a redhead. Um, if you've got me, a media fine's a note, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So if you... Before we started getting the media, then it's like, nah, it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, if you leave, at one point in time, there was one going around that if you leave a bit of clothing at the ground, it's $5 for every bit of clothing you left at the room. So if you left your entire bag there and there's a pair of socks, short, you can be up to 50 bucks in fines because of leaving your whole stuff there. And I think boots with an automatic 20, I think it was yeah. something like that. 
and and you didn't you didn't get your stuff back until you paid the fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't know if we'd be able to financially incur those fines. That's a, that'd be a problem for us. Uh, made people stop getting their boots. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's the bloke <clears throat> that takes the game far too serious? Logan Monday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> great guy. Great guy. But there, there are times where you just look around and yeah, just take a breather, relax. It's it's amateur sport, but. Uh, that's also what makes him great. So, all right. And who's who's the guy you wouldn't want to share a room with on a trip away? Buffalo. Buffalo is a great nickname, by the way. Um, we play this drinking game, if you will. I don't know if you're familiar with the yeah. with the game. Absolutely. So this was his first road trip away with us, um, and was so bad at the game that he got the nickname of the game. <laughs> um, and yeah, he just is unable to leave his hotel anything but a pukey mess every time he comes on trip. So, so, so just uh, make, make sure we're on the same game. What are the rules in Buffalo for you? Have to drink any alcoholic beverage with your dominant hand. Anytime caught drinking, or I'm sorry, with your non-dominant hand. Anytime you're caught drinking with the dominant hand, get called Buffalo. You have to skull the drink. Yeah, that same as us. Yeah, we had a, a pre-season trip, a pre-season training camp a couple of years back and it was pretty much Buffalo the whole weekend. So you play it the whole weekend <laughs> and by Friday night, so we went up Friday night, we trained Saturday morning and then had a meeting Saturday afternoon and whatnot. By I think 10 o'clock on the Friday, people were absolutely hammered. And I think someone got caught Buffalo, I think four times in the space of 10 minutes. <laughs> and it was to the point where I think it could have been like six or seven, but someone's going to say, it, we're just like, no, just... <laughs> Give it a couple of minutes. Let's see what he does. Two minutes later, he's still sitting there. It's like, no, nah, you missed your chance, mate. You, you're done. <laughs> you can only give so much leniency. It's about the integrity of the game. Exactly right. Uh, so who's got the best nickname? I think Buffalo's pretty good. Yeah. But um, I think that my favorite's Two Foot. Two Foot Phil. And it's actually one of the Australians on our team. Uh, we were playing a, a game a couple of years ago. And it, it was a runaway in our favor. We just just had – they, they kind of had this instance at the end of the game where they just pushed everybody, ironically, up into the forward line for them. So anytime we got possession, it was just two dumps into the forward line. And our, our boy Phil was able to slot in, I think, five goals in garbage time, if you will, just point-blank range. So we get to the after party and we're all having dinner and, you know, yucking up about the game. And uh, without him interjecting – dead serious to let everybody know that, well, I had five goals. So this must be it. And, I, and somebody chirped out, yeah, from an average distance of two feet. So uh, from that day, it's been two foot Phil. It's been his fantasy football name. It's been kind of, yeah. So two foot, I think, has probably the best origin, longevity in the club. Yeah, that's, that's we love a good story to it. I mean, that's a good one. I mean, if you're going to brag, you got to – Got to do better than two foot distance. Nah, it dogs still would have bragged about him. So oh, it's all right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's still, hey, when when everyone else is looking at the stat sheet, it's still five goals. So mm-hmm. anyone not at the game doesn't know how far out they were. They could be. And but we know. But we when, know. And that's all that matters. When he's going to work the next week and telling all his workmates, mate, he's kicking them from 50. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we'd be the first person to, to tell everybody else they were from further away, but between us, you can't get away with that, yeah. You can't go from a slight angle. It's like, I was on the banjo line, buddy, 55 out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Into a 10-goal wind, 50 out, slotted it somehow. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, before we wrap up, you mentioned fantasy football. Uh, yeah. Do you partake in that yourself? Because we've just started a league this year ourselves, our first time playing, playing fantasy football. So do you have any advice for us? I, I don't know. I'm a perennial third-place finisher. Hopefully this year is different. But we, we've got a, a, a club team or a club competition with that for a couple of years. Um, we actually have a two-time defending champion. I can get you contact information if you really want to know how to win. <laughs> but uh, is it PPR? Do you know? You guys getting points uh, per reception? Half, half, half. Half PPR. points? Yeah. That's big. That's big. Um, yeah. You only have to be good at the end of the season. That's it. That's it. Oh, there you to. go. Your win against me last week doesn't count. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, trust me. Wait till we record the intros for the uh, upcoming this week's episode. I've got something lined up for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tim, thanks for joining us, mate. We do appreciate you taking the time out on your uh, Saturday evening. Uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of it with your fiance and hope you have a good meal. Um, and yeah, where can everyone go to, to check out the Nashville Kangaroos online and, and follow along with you guys? Absolutely. Nashville Kangaroos, you can just Google it. We've got a website, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Reach out to us. If anybody is ever in Nashville, please reach out. We love just showing people around and having a good time with everybody that comes in. Um, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Thanks again. Absolutely. Take care, boys. Take care. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.